Imagine one of those black and white movies from the 1930s. And now imagine a scene in a luxurious apartment, a grand piano, a famous musician who's living the good life. He's headed out to play at a cabaret or maybe to meet a female admirer. He's in a tuxedo, hair perfectly slicked back, a pencil-thin mustache, serving himself a scotch out of one of those crystal decanters. With his cufflinks scattered on the dresser are the calling cards of several admirers. Come visit me one afternoon, one says. I'm usually alone and I love your music. He glances carelessly at them and heads out the door. He's a Don Juan, a Casanova, still in his twenties, but with a taste for older aristocratic women, the ones who frequent the tango clubs. This is 1920s Buenos Aires and the tango has become a high-class affair. And now imagine that within months, the whole apartment is empty, the piano and all his possessions sold. On a winter morning, the dapper musician boards a ship headed to New York, having packed a couple of suits, some sheet music, and of course, his tuxedo. One of his love interests has been writing him letters from abroad, a Spanish cabaret singer, who had broken off the romance dramatically, sailing to New York, and was now begging him to join her. It was either romance or his sense of adventure that put him on that ship, and as Buenos Aires fades onto the horizon, he looks back, smoking nostalgically. Fourteen days later, Winter has become summer, and the ship arrives. He disembarks, sets foot on the New York waterfront, and nobody is there to meet him. Well, welcome to New York, buddy. Usted habla inglés. This is Tango Profiles. That young, well-to-do Romeo stranded in New York was Juan Carlos Cobian, an exquisite pianist, already famous and destined to become one of the most important composers in the tango songbook. The Spanish cabaret singer, she eventually resurfaced and the two repeated their turbulent love story, this time in New York, complete with dramatic breakups, betrayal, and jealousy. Okay, I need to stop here. Juan Carlos Cobian's romantic history reads like a real-life soap opera, complete with marriages to rich ladies, divorce payments from rich ladies, all against the backdrop of 1920s glamour. We could really spend an entire episode trying to make sense of it. It was all real. The tuxedo, the cocktail, the cigarette, the movie star charm. But also real was Cobian, the musical innovator, one of the creators of a new romantic, lyrical style of tango, a virtuosic pianist, and ultimately one of tango's most important creators. Now that we have an almost cartoonish image of the man, let's focus on his musical life. Juan Carlos Cobian grew up in Bahia Blanca, Argentina, about 400 miles from the capital. He enrolled at an early age in the prestigious Williams Conservatory and by 18 had graduated and moved to Buenos Aires to try his luck. Another tango musician from Bahia Blanca 
Carlos de Sarli, would follow this same path a couple of years later. Check out the second episode of this season for that story. Cobian spent the first six years, from 1913 to 1919, getting his start. He did the usual gigs, accompanying silent movies, playing in a beer hall. He began composing tangos, and one of his earliest was a hit, El Motivo, with lyrics by Pascual Conterzi and recorded by the great star singer Carlos Gardel. Cobian made another important connection in those years, joining the orchestra of the master bandoneonist Eduardo Arolas. Remember that name if you don't know it already. Arolas was also a great composer and will be featured later this season. Cobian also spent his time trying to avoid military service, which was obligatory and lasted a year. Eventually, he was arrested and dragged into it. He spent the night in jail, which led him to compose a tango called A Pan y Agua. Now, this was a guy who had earned the nickname the Tango Aristocrat, a guy who loved nightlife, the elegance, the whiskey, the women. Military service must have been a tough pill to swallow. When the year was up, he returned to the Buenos Aires tango scene with a renewed fervor. In 1922, he joined Osvaldo Fresedo's sextet, at the time in residence at the Abdullah Club. At this point, Cobian's career really got on a roll. He was in one of the best orchestras. Tango was at its peak in high society in both Buenos Aires and Paris, and Cobian was just extraordinary. An incredibly gifted pianist, he was composing sophisticated, elegant tangos, and he looked and acted like the great Gatsby. He was charming, rough, and handsome, and he seemed just perfectly at home with a whiskey in one hand, a cigarette in the other, rubbing elbows with socialites and gallivanting around the city's most exclusive cabarets and mansions. It was during this time that he began to accumulate money and girlfriends. Soon the engagement at the Abdullah came to an end, but not before he had become a star and played with Fresedo, Julio De Caro, and Pedro Mafia, the best musicians of the day. And he'd also composed and premiered what would become one of his classics, Mi Refugio. By 1923, Cobian had decided to pack up for New York. There are many, many accounts of both his romances and his attempts at launching a career during the five years he spent there. He certainly played music, leading a group he called the Argentine Band, which played jazz and some tango. He met a Mexican lyricist who collaborated with him, spoke English well, and knew the New York Latin scene. 
He made some inroads with the rich and famous, by some accounts accompanying and even recording with the crooner Rudy Valley and the movie star Rudolph Valentino. All of this is possible, but there aren't really any recordings or accounts other than in a biography written by the great lyricist Enrique Cadicamo, who was Cobian's close collaborator. What we might imagine is this. In the 1920s, Latin music was starting to invade the U.S. cultural landscape in the form of Javier Cugat, the purveyor of a sort of Latin ballroom pastiche, indistinct and perfect for Hollywood. Sure, tango had some history in New York, but not enough for a musician to make it on tango alone. And then there was Prohibition. Between 1920 and 1933, the United States had officially made alcohol illegal. Cobian would surely have known where to score some booze, but after a while, that got old. Not having a tango audience got old too, so in 1927, he went back home. He spent the next 10 years doing exactly what we'd expect. He married an aristocrat, formed an orchestra with the singer Fiorentino, and led a jazz group. The marriage didn't last, but there was another pairing that was meant to be, and that was with Enrique Cadicamo, the lyricist. Cobian and Cadicamo would go down in history as one of the greatest songwriting duos, sort of like a Lennon and McCartney of tango. By 1937, they had already written hits like El Cantor de Buenos Aires, La Casita de Mis Viejos, Niebla del Riachuelo, and of course, Nostalgias. And then, that same year, Cobian picked up and went once again to New York City, this time with his trusty partner, Enrique Cadicamo. Nostalgia de escuchar su risa loca y sentir junto a mi boca como un fuego su respiración. One account of the trip goes like this. Cobian's rich wife gave him $50,000 as a divorce settlement, depositing it in a bank in New York, maybe to ensure that her ex would be far, far away. That second stint in New York, well, there's not much to tell. He married a young American girl, and when that marriage went south, so did Cobian, first to Mexico and then back to Argentina. He put together an orchestra for a few years, and then voluntarily retired from music. In the words of tango researcher Nestor Pinzon, times had changed, but Cobian kept living in the 20s. That's quite an image, the roaring 20s a dapper musician seeking fame, fortune, and high society ladies, trotting the globe from Corrientes Avenue to Broadway and back, only to hole up, finally, in his downtown apartment in solitude. He died just 10 years after returning home. According to Enrique Cadicamo, Cobian left this world because he had already seen and done everything. 
And so ends the story of the man with movie star looks and virtuosic ability, who did everything, who wandered far and wide. One of Cobian and Cadicamo's greatest hits is La Casita de Mis Viejos, or My Parents' House. Cadicamo based those lyrics on Cobian himself, who once confessed that he left home and then didn't return to visit for 20 years. The lyrics describe a man arriving at his parents' door and knocking like a stranger. The man's appearance has changed so much that when an old servant answers the door, he recognizes the man, but only by his voice. Juan Carlos Cobian was born in Pigüe, the province of Buenos Aires, on May 31, 1896, and died in the city of Buenos Aires on December 10, 1953. This month, he would be 121 years old. Maestro Cobian, feliz cumpleaños. Oh